come from? He didn't know where it was at. Where, like, how did he make that sound? Right. To for to produce that record, and that was like something that Irv was so dedicated on the sound. Um, and everybody that came through, he was looking for a sound from them that was unique, that he could kind of use for the Murder Inc. sound, and that's what he created. But how do you feel as producers about that? Like sharing, everyone has the same music, basically, right? Yeah. Same opportunities. Yeah. Is is really open to everyone today? Where when I'm telling you, we didn't know where they got sounds from, so we couldn't actually produce those records, regardless. Even if we wanted to, we didn't know where they got the music from. So yeah. today, everyone has those opportunities. How do you feel about that? Because I feel that's part of why we hear the same drill songs and all of these. They're all the same. They all sound the same, just the voice is different on it, but rhythmically, musically, it's pretty much the same. Would you agree or not? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think it's cool that young kids and people who want to produce have the access to. I think that side of it is cool. Yeah. But I do miss, like, coming up, you had the Neptunes, you had Earth. The Neptunes. I didn't, Manny, I didn't want to leave anyone yeah. out, but yes. Manny Fresh, Timbaland. Like, yes. literally, I feel like the music was so much more creative back then and everything sounded different. It had to because it, it was to. competition. Yeah. It's like, and now it's war. It's, I love the young kids today. Everyone wants me to knock the young kids because I'm an old head, but no. The young generation, it's their turn. Yeah, I'm completely comfortable with that. We had our turn, time. It's their time. It's the evolution. That's it of yeah. music. It is yeah. what it is. It's, you know, and the reality is, as an OG, you're supposed to only help, in my opinion. I'm yeah. not supposed to block. I'm supposed to help. So I'm trying to help them, but I one of the, the parts to helping them is they all have the same music. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, how could you create a sound for your artists, which would make you stand apart from all these other artists if they sound the same? I don't, I don't get it. And I, I'm trying to explain that so when i said it was intellectual property we wouldn't let you in our studio session so you couldn't hear what we was creating now we might come and play you something but we're walking out with it you just got blown away like oh shit these you know and, they, and vice versa i mean that's what we did with our friends right not just strangers our friends the competitive rivalry was we go play music for puffy jay-z but it was like, yeah, we coming, motherfucker. And they would do the same to us. <laughs> right. It was the competitive rivalry. And I don't see that. I know that creates, the competition creates a bit more. Like, uh, if you're built for it, so it's going to either you're going to fold up or you're going to excel. You're going to thrive. And I, you know, we're, I'm a competitive person. So for me and Irv, it's like, it's nothing to be competitive. Right. You feel that energy anymore, that, com that competitive energy from, other producers kind of making you feel like, damn, I got to get better. Yeah, of course. I mean, from from a macro environment of just where 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 our medium is now. Like back in the day, we had CDs and yeah. tapes. So the whole environment of getting to that CD or get hearing the song on the radio, then going to pick up the CD and listening to it. Those those times are dead now. People right. can hear a song and just shazam it on a phone and now they got it instantly on a phone. So it's just like from a producer standpoint, we care so much about the music. We have that uh, uh, competitive spirit, but a lot of the up and coming beat makers, they're just hearing tight beats on YouTube or hearing 
uh, artists make a beat and they're trying to replicate that beat yeah. because they say they think well, if it's working for that person, then it can work for my artist yeah. or or for who I'm trying to get this to, you know? It's it's funny. I, I always make a joke about this to Jimmy. Um, it was even current back in the day. I'm not going to mention this A&R, but he's a, he's a super big, very <laughs> uh, high up in the in the ranks now in the sure. major label. But back then he was an A&R, and he, he came up to us back during the polo days, and um, he was asking us to play beats. From Interscope? Nope, I'm not mentioning nothing. <laughs> no, it wasn't in scope. wasn't in scope. But yeah. it's, some, it's somebody else. And um, when I see him, I'm going to tell him and see if he remembers. But um, he came up to us and we're playing like all our firest beats because it was for a certain artist that was signed. Big artist. And um, we're playing like all our, our sound, like what we've been trying to make and, and create. And all he kept asking us was like, man, this is fire. But do you have like the I'm so hood of 2010 or 2009, whenever it was. And we were just like, that's already out though. Right. You know, like I get it. You're chasing a hit that worked before. So if we came out with something that was kind of a little bit different, it will work again. So, you know, you're creative. You guys are both super creative and you may not, you're missing the business side. So that, that's what Irv, uh, again, I use Irv a lot because we did it and that's what we was in. The creative side was, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I was the business side. I want to do that. Mm. So if we made one hit, we had four beats just like it because we knew right. the industry is copycats. Yeah. And we would sell all those beats like nothing. But I agree with that. <laughs> if, if you made the hit... Yeah. Then you had the beats, but you're copying another person's it's sound. Only, I know, but you're only making money. That's what it, if from a business standpoint, right? right? If, if you're talking about creating a whole new record that's not out, right? Yeah, it's so much dip, more difficult because you have to sell the idea concept on all these executives that's going to do the marketing and promoting for you, right? But if you play something that they're familiar with, yeah, they're ready to just put the money in it because they feel it's safer. They won't lose their job if they fuck it. It's not going right. to brick. So Makes you're not sense. you're not looking at it from that perspective. Yeah. And he's the A and R. He's looking at it like, I don't want to take a new beat from DJ and fucking Jimmy and the audibles and it's fucking not working. Yeah. I don't lose my job when I play safe. But the beats were and that's so the fire, difference. bro. You know, most songs, so I know, fire. but the artists don't get that part of the business because they're creatives. They want to go new. Yeah. They're building something brand new. They don't want to imitate anything. They want to feel like they're building a brand new building and the business side of it is like, no, we just want to be safe. We don't want to lose our fucking job, you motherfuckers. <laughs> and he was a new up and coming AR who's yeah. like running even more shit reason now. why, even more reason why he won't want to take his, his uh, a chance. Makes sense. It's the reason today these ARs really don't want to sign no one without numbers on TikTok. It's safe. They will not lose their job. Even if the artist doesn't work, they're gonna go back to their boss and say, Look, he had all the numbers. Yeah. He had everything. It just didn't work. And the boys is going to be like, okay, get another one. Let's try again. True. But if you go out on a limb and put it out there, you're risking everything. And then there's a, again, if it works, you're a fucking genius. Genius. You're a king. <laughs> you're a king. You get to promote your shots. <laughs> but if it doesn't work, you're out the building. And that's the risk you run. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I I think one good thing about us too. I feel like we're always good at balancing, trying to be as different as we can, but still digestible. Yeah, and I think we always try to find that medium the best we can. Do you find that you need to like 
in order to hit uh, your highest heights as producers, right? Do you feel you need to have an artist that you control and run? Is that like the uh, a pinnacle of like the epitome of you being at your your peak performance? Because now you really get to dictate completely because it's your project, your artist, your your control. Every decision is yours. There's no one in between. You just have the support of a label pushing it, but you get to actually get all your ideas out to the world. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think it has to be... Because even our, when you produce, I don't mean to cut you off, good? but even when you produce for Chris Brown, yeah, you don't get the accolade as if you did John Doe. And they have success. Of course, yeah. John Doe has to have success. You get the accolade... I created, I I developed that sound that 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 moved that artist there. But Chris Brown is Chris Brown, and you know this was the argument we would have with uh, Timber Timberland, because he produced all of the biggest artists, but he couldn't break Magoo. Mm. You know, no disrespect to Magoo, but you never got broke with Timberland, the biggest producer. So we was like, you couldn't break Magoo. You we're breaking all these different artists, and it, it, that's the that's the ground we stood on versus. It's, and again, Timberland made incredible amounts of hits, right? But how hard is it to produce Pink when she's already fucking popping? All right. <laughs> well, I mean, he had... the, the the label is gonna assure the win, Facts. right? <laughs> they're yeah. not they're not taking chances, and that's the difference of. But that's why I say, as producers, is that that to me, in my in my mind, I'm asking you if in your mind is that's the a pinnacle because you know everyone's versions of success is different. You know, if I ask you what's money, your number is going to be different than my number and vice versa. So, and that goes for everybody. It's like, it's all opinionated. So I'm just asking you, what is that your uh, judgment on like, man, we are killing it because we just created this artist uh, that took off and went to great success, but it's all of us. It's, you know, it's your whole brainchild. It's everything you're producing, creating yeah. everything. Your, your, it's your complete thought. Yeah. You know, it's not a complete thought when you produce for Chris Brown. He's going to do what the fuck he wants right? And on your music, but he's doing what he wants. Right. <laughs> and like, for example, we know people that have, you know, you, you can email a pack of beats out and get lucky that sure. some A&R plays the song for somebody sure. and you get a hit. Like, to break the artist and put that work in and create it from the ground up, like you said, I think that's a different level of producer to me you know and i look at those things as business right when i hear the pack of beats again to me it's stepping stone so if you're on your journey as producers in your life to wherever it may end right whatever it may be uh get to uh as big as you are it could get bigger it's always i always say it could always get better and it could always get worse so it doesn't matter wherever you're at um there's always another level up and there's levels back down if you if you fuck up so if you're getting all of this music and the opportunity out and you get opportunities it's only an opportunity that you could use to elevate so doing beat packs i always would try to explain this to producers because i didn't want them to stop producing or get stuck on just they want to produce just for this one artist or whatever it is of course you do they're, they're making all the money i get it but this is how you really elevate even further it's like you planting more seeds or you're 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 making a bigger foundation for yourself you know, from business. And I always look at it from business, the music business, right? So that business side of the music industry is very key. So building that strong foundation is everything. So you could, no matter what, you got somewhere to go. 
And that's what those beat packs represent. Um, if I was a producer at that level, that's what I, I was. So I would be so saturated with working with artists because I could have the opportunity with a John Doe that I know if I get them going, I get to control them. Even if I didn't do not, get no money from it at that moment, I know once it goes, it's mine. Yeah. My control. And that's what I want. Ultimately, I, I, I want to play for my team. <laughs> so you know I'm just wondering like for the audibles is that the game plan because I you guys are so incredibly talented um and watching you work in the studio is like I don't see a a limit I think it's just really a business execution I said that probably from the very beginning when we first met so this isn't new for you hearing it from me I don't say anything I don't mean if I didn't mean it if I don't mean it I won't say it right right so I speak from the heart all the time good or bad no matter what if you was assholes I'm like you're fucking assholes <laughs> fuck out of here you know <laughs> you guys are great guys and you know the music the 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 musicology of the music right let's call it musicology right what is it called the theory of music yes, you know the music theory, theory of music yep. right. like I'm not an educated music person I I learned from there, so I don't, but I do understand there's a theory, a logic inside of making music melodies. You know, Chink would always tell me, Is how many notes is it? I think it was eight. Is it eight notes? How many notes is there? And a scale? scale, seven. Seven. So he's yeah. like, It's only seven notes. Mm -hmm. Come on, he go, Come on, come on, Joe. It's only seven notes. So it's like it's a math equation at that point. Every track is probably a math equation. I know these music savants, I know that's probably how they look at it. It's just seven notes. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and, there, and there's no new chord. No there's new no chord. Nothing new. Yeah. You, and you can now manipulate those notes. That's all. You can yeah. manipulate it, stretch it, cut it short, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. and, and put effects on it. But that's really music. And that's how, when you really get into this, that's to me the difference from the elite, the elite uh, producers in the business versus the masses. And, you know, Fruity Loops technologies took a play, right? Yeah. How easy is it to make a beat today versus when you first started? It's so different. <laughs> I know. Like, it's not. I know. When you talk about that 2000, exactly. I remember that NPC. I remember, uh, man, those stories, uh, those days, it was like Irv reading, reading how to actually just work the machine. And then going to, I want to say, oh, man. Large, large professor, the uh, producer. Yeah, yeah. He was one of the people that taught her about big beats. Wow. Main source, right? He was yeah, the main, main source. source. And that's who he went. Yeah, and that's who. And then Irv actually helped teach uh, Swiss. No way. Yeah, yeah. That's so, huge. But that's how crazy this game is. So to where today is. Fruity Loops, you hit a button, you got a beat, you got a beat. <laughs> you know, you got a beat, but that's why everyone sounds the same. And it's, these are the differences of what's going to keep you in, a, in that air, in that pocket mm -hmm. of being a, above those until they get that, you, your head and shoulders above them. Yeah, yeah. we pride ourselves. If, you, if, if your listeners go and listen to our catalog, not just our music that we're putting out for ourselves, but all of our production discography we pride on ourselves on our sound is so different from not only other people but between different songs and genres we've done almost 
you know, besides like bluegrass and like the more obscure genres, <laughs> we've we've done a lot of different. But you've genres. done all genres, yeah, basically. Yeah, we were actually much. our first album we we produced damn near from top to bottom was Common Kings. Right. Shout out to the Common Kings. It was the album called Lost in Paradise, and we were up. I I told them. The day we started working, mm. when we started working on the project in its entirety, I told them that we were going to be up for a Grammy nomination right. in the reggae category. Now, you know, you got the Marleys over there, so <laughs> I don't know if we're going to win because it gets political at that point. Sure. But I know for a fact, once we finish this album and we submit it, it's going to be up for a Grammy. And sure enough, we were up for a Best Reggae Album Wow! off that album. And that was their first full-length album that they ever put out. So they were pretty new when it came to like albums. Shout out to Marley's. Yeah. Yeah, those are my guys, man. Phenomenal. Yeah. But, but um, so we pride ourselves on just our sound. We, you know, changing the play. We we never just focus on just one genre because we believe music is fluid. Yeah. And you can do any genre of music if you just if if it's if you in you. To. Yeah, and if seven you want notes. to. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's just seven notes, Joe. But man, so let me because I know I want to get to another uh accolade for you guys is what was it like working with a let's say a Justin Bieber? The Life Biebs. changing. Life changing. Yeah. Yep. Such a talented kid. Yeah. Awesome. And this and that opportunity came from Pooh Bear. Uh yep, but uh we met all at the same time. Okay. So it's crazy because, you know, to circle back, our first placement was Young Money mm-hmm. with, with Little Twist and Little Chucky. And then fast forward, we, we met up with Little Twist again, and we threw him a birthday party at uh, Maul's house. Right. And then um, he said he was going to invite Justin Bieber over. Mm-hmm. And at first, we didn't believe him until Bieber showed up and... He was telling Twist, uh, you know, Twist was telling us to play some music. So we started playing records we did with Pooh and um, Bieber loved them. And That's what's up. That's how the journals started. <laughs> yeah. So, again, I went through all of the, you know, not all of it, but I went through certain things. But what are you working on today? And like you said, we're trying to break artists. Yeah. And, I mean... Anyone in particular? Yeah, two people we're focused on is uh, Jazz Laser always, of course. Of course. we got so many great records coming out with him. And then this new girl we've been working with for a few years named Savannah Blue. Savannah Blue. Yeah. Where is she from? Texas. Texas? What part of Texas? Texas is big now. What part of Texas? Like North, right? Yeah. Amarillo. Amarillo, yeah. Oh, she's in Where's the, Amarillo? I mean, she's in the tumbleweeds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, think she, I think she said there's only one stoplight. Yeah, in the town she's from. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, you know, with with the internet and everything, that's what I find. Every town, every little area in this country should be spoken for in art form, because it's all different. It's a different story we never heard. So that's why I say that's dope because she's from a place that I don't know how many artists are from. So yeah. it'll be a new story. Yeah, and that's what we need to keep going. We can't keep listening to the same stories. That's why. I'm always trying to find someone from a different location. Yeah. You know, again, New York is always going to produce. It's so, it's so massive and it's so many, but I like finding people from different things. So what does she do? She's, she a singer songwriter. Yeah. So our boy Ali kind of found her and brought her around the studio that he was running in LA. And 
man since the moment he played her her mu- he played us her music. Yeah. Like not only is her voice phenomenal, but she's one of the dopest songwriters we've seen and we're so picky. Yeah. With finding <laughs> great songwriters, like we only have a handful that we really absolutely trust. love and trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny cuz like every time we take these LA road trips, we listen to all kinds of music and we always end up going to some alternative like Alanis Morissette or No Doubt. And I remember literally months before we started working with Savannah, we were like, man, we need to find this next Alanis or Gwen Stefani, and we want to make that type of music so bad and, like, the stuff we grew up on. If you found it, do you feel you'll get a fair shake from the record labels? See, that's what my fear is today, honestly. I feel like if I had Whitney Houston today, if I couldn't get her social media right, as great as her voice is, it's sad. Yeah. I don't believe she'd be a star today. Yeah. I don't think she would get the opportunity today. And that to me is sad because I don't see them doing that with the labels. Yep. Yeah. I don't see them finding that talent, grooming that talent, and then putting that and putting the money behind it because they don't want to lose their jobs. They right. don't want to take a chance on that artist. So do you feel like is that part of what you're dealing with now? Like with this new artist, you gotta figure out how to get her social media numbers correct so that a label will say, Hey, let's do it. Yeah. Or you really want to stay fully independent? I think it, it's just, you know, the future is going to tell, you know. I I think we're in a great place with her as well as she's in a great place because organically she's built 350,000 followers and counting on TikTok alone in the last year. Nice. And that's just from her playing her guitar, singing the songs that she's writing just that day or just singing covers. And, nice. And that lets us know that we we definitely got something here. And she's she's the truth. Like her voice, the way she carries herself, the message, her story. What's like, her what's her TikTok? You know the name of her TikTok? Or what's her name again? Just it's Blues Clues, right? Yeah. I can get the spelling. Yeah, we'll get yeah. it for yeah, the yeah, end we'll of the thing the end, and I'll yeah. have it posted up. But do yeah. you, what was her name again? Savannah Blue. Savannah Blue. Mm-hmm. B like blue cheese. Not Ooh, like the color blue. Spelled different. Yeah, but like blue cheese. Got it. Yeah. Got it. No, that's dope, man. And again, I, I wish you guys uh all the success in anything you're doing. I always tell you, if, if I could help, I'm here. Uh, and I know talent-wise, you're going to find a talent. You guys got a knack for for that. Laser is an incredible talent. I would tell him all the time, and like I said, I don't say something I don't believe or, or don't mean. And I would tell him all the time, incredible talent, man. It's, but connecting dots is the hardest part in yeah. music. Like, you could have, be the best and most talented, and you just don't get all those dots connected and never get to the, let's say, accolades you probably deserve and warrant for your talent level. And Jazz Laser is uh, definitely one of them. Facts. He's and to add on what you said earlier, uh, I don't think it's necessarily the label helps a lot, but mm-hmm. I think more so it's the opportunity of discovery. If you have someone who's huge mm-hmm. and co-signs for that artist like a savannah yes. like let's say taylor swift came out or and, and jb her. no just was like <laughs> this song oh, is yeah. crazy oh, i man. love this song 
you guys should go support this new up and coming artist for whatever reason. You hear that, Taylor? <laughs> well, yeah, that would be amazing. I mean, let's go. If Taylor watches your podcast, yeah. you know, some of her people watch it and can can you never know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, we'll talk to her if she does. There's business to talk about if she does. If she was to do it too, right? I'm yeah. sure you wouldn't be uh, opposed to that business talk either. Yeah, like if she wanted to be involved with this girl. Mm -hmm. So you never know. And that goes for any of you fuckers out there. <laughs> but, but man, the, the more and more, like, we've been so focused on just the music for so long that, like, I think this year we finally realized that we really have to play this social media game and we've been putting it off as long as we could. But, I mean, you've been telling us for the longest with these artists, like, if they're not consistent... And staying yeah. in people's faces, it don't it don't matter how good the music is. You know what unfortunately. I you know how I look at it now. I look at it as food. Think of uh, Savannah Blue as food. If she doesn't give the food out, they're gonna eat somewhere else. Mm. It's that simple, and that's the that is the challenge for every artist today because there's so many out there. So as soon as you don't keep feeding your audience, they're gonna go eat somewhere else. Facts. And what are you gonna do? You lost, cause now you you know that those other artists they're they're doing it. They may not be as good though, right? So, yeah, but yeah. they're feeding you. Yeah. They're getting McDonald's and White Castle over there. You know, <laughs> you're feeding them some some good shit over here, some uh, carbone and shit like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> These motherfuckers is not getting that, and you have to be consistently feeding them that. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the challenge to me. Uh, I don't believe in albums until there's a demand anymore. Um, why I'm business so remember I'm always business so if you put an album out say 10 songs no one's buying the album they're listening to every song and they're gonna only stream the one they like yeah. the rest of them just sit there so it's a waste of 7 let's say songs that you shouldn't have wasted mm. but if you put each one out individually you'll be more beneficial and you'll keep feeding them uh, until they want a, a 5 course meal and that's the album, then you give them an album. But right now, they just want to eat. You just feed them. You know, that's how I look at it. So I, I have a question for sure. you. Okay. So just the way it came together, we have an album with, oh, you're, okay. with her. Right. Like, that makes sense. There's a theme. It's incredible. But she has a, um, she has a base, right? Right. So I'm going to give you what a, um, a high up... Uh, executive in a major label system. I'm going to even go further. I'll tell you the label. Interscope told me. He said, don't... He said, if you put... Again, it's because they're watching, right? Labels are all watching everything going on because that's how they pick today. Once you rise your stock up, they come in and swoop up and say, hey, let's talk about a deal. And it's your choice at that point to say, I'll do a deal or fuck it, I'm going to stay independent. But that's what they're doing. They're watching everything going on from social media and all these different things, these different trends. So he said, don't put it out um, in that capacity as an album because we'll judge you as that, and that'll hurt you. So you understand? If it doesn't react, they're, they're judging you. Yeah. And again, even you said she had 350,000 followers on TikTok. Let's use that as her number, 350. That's her bandwidth at today's time, right? How many convert and support? That's what they're looking at. It's business. It's numbers. That's all they care about today. They don't care if she sounds amazing. They don't care if she could play with her feet. 
<laughs> they don't care. You understand? Yeah. They only care about those things because that keeps them safe as an executive. They won't get fired. And when you start understanding they won't get fired for making these decisions, you understand their decisions and you don't get as mad. Mm. Doesn't mean it's right or wrong. Like if the if the music business is in the hands of these kind of people and this is their decision making, we're in trouble. Because that means we're never gonna get to the best artists because they the best artists more than likely don't know how to work social media the way that this little geek in the corner does that knows how to manipulate it better and get a better response and get a, that's the problem. That is the problem. And you're seeing it real time, every day, all day in the music industry with the artists they sign. And it's no disrespect to them. They work the system. I'm all for it. One less out the hood. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Bring some more with you. Take more, take more motherfuckers out the hood with you. That's how I look at it. Mm -hmm. I swear to you, I don't care. But if you're the talent, and this business is about talent, I want to see talent win. It's the only way to progress the sound, the music, everything else. We're going to be stagnated, and that's not a good thing. Well, you know, it's just what it is, in my opinion. It is what it is. But again, 350, how many is coming to buy and support the album? Right. Well, I, I was gonna like say too, if it, like if this was your artist, mm -hmm. would you, and you had other great songs that aren't a part of this particular group of songs, right? Would you start trickling out the album songs, or would you put out the other great songs? I'm gonna, get, I'm, I'm gonna pose that with another question: How many songs do you have in your fucking uh, uh, what's that called um, hard drive? How many songs do you have in your fucking hard drive that you are worried about one song? I guarantee there's no need to worry about one song. Right. I know for sure you have thousands of songs. I know. Right? So yeah. what are we worried and concerning about one? Are you finished making music? <laughs> See, these are, these are executive questions back to the, the artists or the talent. I'm an executive. Are you finished making music? You think this is your last song? Then we might want to preserve it and make sure it's perfectly <laughs> rolled out. Does that make sense? I don't of know. Of course, yeah. And then I always tell artists like yourselves, you guys have people in the studio, take yourself away, right? And you play that record or you make that record, they go fucking crazy. That's the energy you have to remember of that record because when someone else hears it, they're probably going to have that same response. You, because you created it, look at it differently. It's your baby. So they, you may have a different opinion. Oh, I'm, man, I'd rather do that. No, remember that moment in that studio. This, the audience will always tell you if it's hot or not. Because it's organically, it's an organic thing. Especially people that don't know. Don't, just play music sometimes when you're in the studio with people not even realizing you're playing music. And just let music play. And watch reactions and you'll see exactly what I'm saying. I guarantee you they're picking your first single every time. Every time. Even if you don't like it. The majority of the world is those audience, that audience, not you. You're different. That's why you can make the music you make. When you understand that, you get into, you know, you're, you're, you're not normal. You're not like everyone else when it comes to that. So don't expect the same uh, way you listen to it to be the same either. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. So, but regular people in the studio, just watch their reactions. And I guarantee that's your single every time. And the single you like, if you play it and they're not moving, punt. <laughs> punt don't wait punt next 
because you're not finished, right? Is yeah. I I tell artists, are you finished? Then stop. All right, we'll we'll keep that one record for the <laughs> perfect moment, and then that's it. You're gonna make another song. This is about doing it again. This business is about doing it again. The minute you have a hit record, the the first question the executive is asking you is, what do you got next? And the record is not even at its peak. It's just rising, going up. Where's the next record? You're like, fuck. Can we get a minute? Like, no, no, you can't because someone else is gonna do it if you don't. So you got to understand that. Facts. Yeah. Nah, that's dope shit though, man. I, and again, don't worry, but don't ever worry about a record. Again, you guys go in the studio all the time. And today, technology, you can make records so easily. You don't technically need a studio no more, right? And I know you have all the equipment, gear. You could do it anywhere. I know you guys might be more on the perfectionist side of things, but like I tell everyone, there's no such thing as perfection. So... It's about getting ideas down, and then once you got the real ideas that you really want to run to, go polish them up. We made one of our biggest records on a kitchen countertop. There it is. With just a laptop, a MIDI keyboard, and two speakers. Hip-hop, yeah. of course. Mm-hmm. See, that's why hip-hop's number one. No, <laughs> it is, because it's that simple. And it doesn't take much to do it. It's, when you get into these other genres, it's way more technical and that's why you you may take longer to make those records. I get it. I do. I, but when you're dealing with hip-hop, that's why hip-hop is a savage, man. It was it's an R&B uncom- record, but it had hip-hop elements. It, yeah. it sold to hip-hop. Yeah. I don't care what it is. It's a hip-hop <laughs> record. Right? R&B is no longer right. Everything is hip-hop to yeah. me. Yeah. Except for country. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, even they got hip-hop And they got now. hip-hop in it. But you think about what I'm saying. Like, these genres is gone. Mm-hmm. You know, you got, I don't want to even call it pop rec- pop because hip-hop is pop now. So what is that sound? Like, what is the Taylor Swift sound of record? What would you, what genre of music would you call it or consider mm. it, right? It, things have to change. If things change, we should change the names of things. Hip-hop is pop now. Because yeah. pop just means popular. That's all it means. That's it. And we are the popular music. That's it. So it's like, it's not, it's not even close to any other genre. So it's like, why consider, what is theirs genre now? What do you call that type of song? I don't know. I know country western is country and western. I know that. But I don't really know other genres of music. Even R&B is hip-hop. When I listen to it, and the ballads is the only thing. If you have an R&B ballad, like, but I really, R&B is turned to hip-hop more than anything, too. That's why you don't see it. It's, it's sad, in my opinion. We're losing genres of music. And it's sad because there's no support for it because... Because hip hop is such an animal, and they're we're in a capitalist country. It's about money. Why am I going to spend all this money when you got to go? You got to have the engineers that cost so much money in that other in these other genres that know how to really mute and they get paid. I can go get the little fucking nigga in fucking <laughs> in fucking hood, and it's good enough. It's good enough in hip hop to be out and go. And you guys are probably listening to this shit and like, what the fuck? But it's hip hop. There's no rhyme or reason for hip hop. That's no. why we lasted so long. Mm-hmm. They can't contain it. They can't control it. Facts. So if you again, all these little nuances to me is what makes uh, the music industry, and it's what what makes someone like yourselves gonna thrive. If you really start understanding it, you'll thrive even further. But really, never concern yourself about one record. Make another one. Let's put it out. When you're talking to upcoming artists, even for your own distribution mm-hmm. and giving advice. What do you suggest how many songs a new artist puts out a month? Hip-hop? 
or, or, I, or, one yeah. a month is the minimum. I don't think you should do more than two. So it's a, it's like one every three weeks or something. I don't think it should be one every two weeks. I think that's too fast. It doesn't give you time to breathe. Mm. But today, one a month. Again, and if you see something rising, don't put out the next month. Wait a little longer. Milk it a little bit. That's the business side. You have to use your own judgment. You gotta, But you should be consistent in feeding. And if something's moving, you're still feeding them because they're still fucking with it. Yeah. It's when you start seeing this. Punt, next record. <laughs> when it starts, it's not moving. Next record, next record. And that's every month, three weeks, you know, in hip-hop. Um, if I, again, I would, when, when we had Ricky, uh, you know, uh, the artist Ricky and my niece, and I was telling her I want to treat her like a hip-hop artist because I never seen that from R&B or pop artists. I don't know. Again, I'm using pop as the Taylor Swift type genre. Right. Um, and I said, let's treat that as that. And let's see what happens. But we never got a chance to do it. She didn't, she didn't comply. But again, I'm giving my idea, my brain thoughts because I'm trying to win. It's, as an independent, how do I win versus Universal, Warner Brothers, and Sony? Right. Right? It's a competition. We're, we're competing whether you realize it or not. You put her record out, whatever they're putting out in that same type of music is what you're competing against. You're trying to get, grab that audience from them. Yeah. Okay, so how do I? How do you do it? Got to be different. You got to come up with something different. And I was like, this is gonna make you different. And because we're with you, you have hip hop behind you. It'll work. Right. <laughs> it's gonna be understandable. It's respectable. Oh, I get it. Right. It connects the dots. You got to look at it like, in my opinion, from an independent standpoint, you got to fucking find something different than what you got. You're competing. I tell rappers, you're competing against Drake. Beat him. fuck are you going to do? That motherfucker's good. <laughs> you're beating against Little Dirk. You know what I'm saying? Little Dirkio. What up, <laughs> Little Dirk? You know what I'm saying? You're a little baby. Beat him. Good luck. These niggas is fucking good. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's the reality. That's the facts. It's like you put your little song out, and guess what? They put out 10 already. They're outworking you, and they're at the top. That's the problem, Man. especially in hip-hop. That's why I said if you take a, a hip-hop approach in a different genre, you might spark something that never been done before. And that idea I like. You can't lose. Nope. <laughs> it's not yeah. going to be a negative effect. Nah, especially only... when we're in the time that, I mean, we see it every year now. A record could be out a year, two years, and then go top ten. Exactly. Facts. Like, there's no... There's no time. And, and, you know, what else happens in music is they find you. And when they find you, what do they do? They go back. They look at everything. And that sparks that same reaction all over. And that's what happens if you're really consistent. They're going to find all that good shit you put out. That's what I said. You guys make great music. Fuck that. I'm going to feed you to your full. There was a cartoon with Bugs Bunny. He's like, this time I didn't forget the gravy. And it was a dog that kept eating all the food. And he kept, every time Bugs was eating, he took the food. So Bugs tied him up and fed him. And he fucking got big. As but every time the dog took the food from Bugs, he was like, I didn't, where's the gravy? He wanted the gravy. So Bugs put a funnel in his mouth and said, this time I didn't forget the gravy. That's what you're going to do. And then the dog died. He blew up. <laughs> but you fed him so much. That's what I'm talking about. Don't forget the gravy. Keep feeding them. Keep feeding them. And they'll be, I, I think you'll end up in a, again, quality music. It can't be, when anyone hears it, it's, 
you know, I used to tell my brother, we don't make whack records. I was like, we don't do that. That's not what we, I'm never concerned about a bad record. I'm only concerned how big is it going to be? That's it. And and that's just the confidence in me. And I'm sure you guys have the same confidence. It's like, you don't make no fucking whack records because if you did, you would hit mute in the fucking studio. (laughs) You would have deleted it. You wouldn't have continued. Right, yeah. Thanks. Like, this isn't it. Let's think of something else before you finished it. But once you finished it, you already know you got a complete thought. This shit is fire. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. And it's just push, push, push. You know what I'm saying? But anything else you guys want to talk about? Yeah. I mean, we're going to Italy. That's dope. Yeah. We're going next month to work with a phenomenal artist out there. He's an Italian artist. His name is Diego. Okay. Azari. And um, shots out to Chefo. Our, our, uh, our yeah, little brother. yeah, 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 Sheffo, what up? Shout out Sheffo. Me and uh, Joe was just talking about you, Sheffo. That's it. <laughs> yeah, we was. We yeah. was like, remember Sheffo when he came up? <laughs> he thought he was Greek. I said, no, he's Italy. Yeah, Italian. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so we got a, uh, some some big records that are blowing up out there, um, like heavily on rotation and radio. And this guy, Diego, he's just Phenomenal. So we're bringing um, Savannah out there. Nice. And a um, couple of our, our friends out there to work we're on the project. part of Italy, you know? Um, we're going to be staying in Milan, Como, yeah, Florence. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rome. You could put one more on the rider, man. Come on. <laughs> I'll sure. be there. <laughs> yeah, pull up, bro. Diego, we need one more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to play some of his music. It's fire. You're not going to understand it because it's Italian. Music is universal. Yeah, but the lyrics, like once you translate it, like the thing I love about like just Latin music, you know, whether it's Spanish or Italian, just from Latin perspective, they can't rhyme like we can. They can't say snow, yo, bro. They have to like actually be like romantic in a sense, you know, like they say the wind caresses your hair and I, I missed you for in eternity but it may be like yeah it, th- those words rhyme in, right, in, their language. in their language so that's why it sounds so romantic no i get it uh you know i do that i went on tour over in mexico early on because i wanted to get involved with the latin culture that's why i have don denero my partner he does all the latin side nice. exactly what i do in english he does in spanish and again there was an artist named sikan C-K-A-N, C-Con. Mm. And C-Con was, they called him the Latin Tupac. Wow. When I tell you the stadium, and we did stadiums, we didn't do little things. We were doing 30 and 40,000. He's an independent artist, one of the biggest independent artists out there. And everything he was saying, I felt. Mm. And then I would ask them to translate it. But see, that's why music is universal. I, I was like, I don't know what he's saying, but I know his shit is badass. And when you translate it, it's badass. And I understood what they called him, the Latin Tupac. So I don't never care about John, like the the the, uh, the language of music because music is universal. Facts. That feeling is inside of those words, no matter what language it is, and that music, that marriage is there. So facts. You know, it's all the same to me. I could I could feel it. <laughs> but man, I want to thank you guys for coming down. I think it's a great uh, podcast that we just did. Man, I appreciate you. Appreciate yeah, you appreciate you always, bro. Yeah, You've always you. looked out for us and gave us great advice. And good and luck just with uh, Savannah everything. Blue, man. That's a that's another. I know that's gonna be something special once you break her yeah, and get her out there. Put out the music, Jimmy. <laughs> 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 you know it does no good in your computer or in your hard yeah. drive. It does nobody good. No, nope. 
That's why we started putting out music every month, just under the audibles featuring yeah. whatever artists that I, we're working okay, with. Man, man, these are all kinds of... I did something with um, Jaleel Beats. Holla at me. Mm. Shout out Jaleel. You know what I'm saying? And it was about mixtapes shit. And that's what you should be doing, in my opinion, also. Because I know you have so much music that can never be used, even old content. But you should get it out. It's worth money. Facts. Again, if I told you... Again, lowest level. Every song you put out is worth 500 bucks. That's it. Got a thousand songs. That's $500,000, no? I don't know. I think I could count pretty good. Like, <laughs> I think I could use that. You know, that's how I, that's how you, if you're a business, you should look at it. And that's not counting. That is just from stream. That's not counting any other revenue streams from the music that I'm talking about. That is just from the streaming side of it. Every song, 500 bucks. In a year. In a year. Can't Put it out, it. Jimmy. Drop the music. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the music. When you understand that part, you'll be dropping music. Adventure music. Don't forget that right there. Adventure music. We we support all of those independent artists that's doing that. But yeah, drop the music, man. Fuck it. And you're going to have it licensed, clear. You're going to get pub money and all of that from it. So it's going to be more than that. I'm giving you the lowest level of what I'm talking about. And you have put out music, so you know exactly the metric of yeah. a single for you. Yeah, what course. you get. Mm -hmm. And I'll ask you right now, real quick, before we get off: Did you make more than five hundred dollars in one year for your song? One song, of course. Yeah. Look, of course, I'm giving you the lowest number from the John Doe's of the world. That's really the metric for them. If I went down to three hundred, fuck it. For the lowest genre, uh, I mean, the lowest artist on my platform, that's what they make in one year: three hundred bucks. It's like, okay, I got a thousand songs. Three hundred thousand. It's coming. It's just when and how you put it out and consistent. It'll get there. You'll get that money. It will absolutely come to you. It's not. A, this isn't me talking shit. This is the game that's now we're playing. Mm -hmm. Play it. Play it. Evolve with it. You know what I'm saying? And it's only going to enhance your catalog. You might get more placements. All of that shit. Because you do all. The, you guys do the music right. Mm -hmm. that's the hardest part is doing it right and you do it right from the door so it's easy it's like you learned the right way so is you're gonna do it no matter what the right way it's perfect the hardest part unfortunately is the hardest making part. the right tiktok that, <laughs> that is the hard. <laughs> to get the right tiktok <laughs> is a whole nother question which would only make that 300 or 500 dollar number go up think of it from that standpoint that's, that's all true. it's gonna do it's gonna make that number go up so throw a few bucks in and try and figure it out but again, thank you guys again. Uh, I want to shout out my boy Don De Niro. He's not here, but you know what? You here with me. You know what it is. This is Chris Gotti Lorenzo. I'm signing off. Make sure you like, share, subscribe to Giving in the Business. You know, we're growing. We're well over a million. And we want to keep giving you this content, man. Keep coming in, and we're going to keep giving you dope interviews like this. <laughs>